Now, we're delighted to have Don uh, with us this morning. Don was meant to be with us, I think, at the end of November, beginning of December, uh, but unfortunately wasn't well. Um, but we are delighted you're feeling a lot better, Don. Um, and yes, you too, and no doubt. Um, and you're able to, to reschedule to come uh, with us today. Um, Don's been with us before uh, and shared about the work of Compassion, and there are a number in the congregation uh, who also uh, who already uh, sponsor a child through Compassion. I know, especially in Ethiopia, but also in other places uh, too. So we're delighted that Don is here uh, to share um, with us. Don, should we just pray before we um, look at God's Word together? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, that your Word is a living Word, uh, that your Word can uh, speak to our hearts and our minds, that can give us encouragement uh, and challenge in equal measure. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that as dawn opens your Word to us this morning, uh, that you might speak to our hearts and to our minds, and that we might know uh, your presence with us. And I pray that you would be with Don, that you would give him liberty uh, here in this place today. I thank you especially today for the work of compassion. Uh, we thank you for Don's work over uh, a number of years now, uh, but we thank you for all that compassion do in working with uh, projects, in working with uh, children, uh, in bringing them out of poverty and giving them an education, uh, and most of all, uh, bringing them up to know the Lord Jesus. Uh, so, Heavenly Father, uh, we lift the work of compassion up before you today, and we also ask that you be close beside Don as he brings your word now. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'll pass over to Don now. Good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be here with you uh, today. I'm going to share with you, just before I really uh, unpack my, my, my sermon, my message, just a few slides. So I think they're going to come on three screens. This one here. Oh, I'm in charge. Okay. It's not very often I'm in charge, I'll be honest. I have, I have a wife and two daughters, let me tell you. I am not often in charge. So, uh, yeah, Compassion Sunday. Uh, so just a few statistics to share with you. Over the last 12 months, the children that are sponsored uh, through this church in Ethiopia have spent 777 hours at the Compassion Project. 1,446 meals have been produced. There have been no medical checkups, as you can imagine, with COVID and distancing and and so many measures in place, that has not been possible. But let me tell you this, I was on a call with one of the pastors that works with us in Uganda, and we asked him, we said, Pastor, tell us about social distancing where you are. What does that look like? And he laughed and said, social distancing is a luxury for the West. And it really struck me. He said, masks are an expensive luxury for the West. And he said, you have no realization how difficult it is because you make the choice between social distancing and earning food for that night's supper. That is the choice that you have. So I bring that to, to you, and that's a very challenging set of statements to make, to say thank you, because your kindness, your prayers, your generosity, those letters that you write back and forth, they have been a lifeline to, to those children that are sponsored, as well as to their families. 16 Bibles have been given out by Compassion uh, projects to the children and over the last 12 months as a church as a fellowship you've given 5,961 pounds which is incredible 
given how challenging these last 12 months have been. There have been 58 letters sent by Compassion Children to you. You have reciprocated with 21 letters. If you're like me, you always feel convicted that you should write more. Uh, And you sponsor children. 14 of them are in primary education. And one of them uh, is what we call a young adult, so 18 plus. And they're at the kind of end of their sponsorship journey over the next sort of few years. Just want to give you that, that statistic again. 15 children and 16 Bibles were given out. Your compassion children share the Bibles that they are given. Those are pictures of your children. I'm not sure if you recognize the children that you sponsor, if you're here or if you're online watching. 15 of those children are in Ethiopia. And this is just a bit of a snapshot of our COVID response around the globe. Zero percent of uh, our projects have had, uh, have had exclusive online uh, engagement how challenging it is uh, having travelled to the developing world to get a signal on your mobile phone, never mind getting access to devices. 21% of our uh, projects have been delivered in the home. So the project staff that work for the local church have visited the children's homes to make sure that they have care in place. 38% of the children have still been gathering together in small groups, Uh, Perhaps not 200 children in one go, but in groups of 20 or 30, depending on where the project is. And 35%, a third of our projects, over a third, have remained open as normal uh, because COVID hasn't hit those areas of the globe quite as hard, particularly in more rural settings as it has here. In Ethiopia and areas where compassion works, this is what pictures of what typical housing looks like. You can see there. I don't know if you can see the the, the stoves in the pot. You remember the, the coffee ceremonies that we had? James, they bring out wonderfully a handcrafted, handmade bread with coffee as we're welcomed into their homes. And here are some statistics in Ethiopia. 28% of the population have access to basic sanitation, which tells you that 72% of people do not. 27% of children are aged 5 to 17 and they're engaged in child labour. And 55.2, the child mortality rate per 1,000 live births in 2018. There's a story, I'm not going to read that there, but a huge thank you to to you as a church. And at the end, this this final slide here, you just keep an eye on that slide for me. Can we come back to that at the very end of the service? Is that possible? I'm done with the slideshow. I'll I'll give the power back to you. I'll set it here. (laughs) Thank you so much. Like uh, James has uh, kindly introduced, my name is Don. I work for an organization called Compassion. Previous to that, I've worked in local churches as a youth pastor. I used to lead a a, a local church as well, part of a a big global denomination uh, called the Assemblies of God. And it's wonderful to be here with you you today. I just want to share for a moment, uh, briefly from Psalm 78 once again, those first four verses. This is uh, a prayer, a maskal of Asaph, it says, and I'll touch on the importance of that shortly. My people hear my teachings, listen to the words of my mouth, I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things of old, things that we have heard and known, things that our ancestors have told them. We, we will not hide them from our descendants. We will tell the next generation of the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders that he has done. Lord, I pray with you for these next few moments. Pray for me, rather, for these next few moments you are together. Lord, give me the, the boldness, yet the humility to share what you've laid in my heart. I thank you for these wonderful people, for the warmth that I've received this morning as we've, we've fellowshiped together. Lord, and I pray for this, this time that we have this morning. I pray that your Holy Spirit is with us, is amongst us. Lord, not just today, but for the rest of this week. 
In your name we pray. Amen. I'm not sure if you're like me, but, but through lockdown, perhaps you've engaged with, with some more online activities. In 2019, who in the room had heard of Zoom before? I'd heard of Zoom, but only from a distance. Who has heard of Zoom now? Most people. Uh, I think one of the greatest comebacks of the last two years has been the QR code. We thought it died a death, but there we go. This little square box with all these little dots, it's there. It's everywhere we go. Uh, a lot of people, my parents as well, have engaged with a, a new online tool. It's not that new. A thing called Netflix. Who has used Netflix over these past few people? Few people. Netflix has been introduced to the populace. One TV show that uh, over lockdown that I found myself thoroughly engaging with, and I'll say it's because of my father, is a TV show called The Toys That Made Us. I don't know if you've heard of it before, there's a kind of uh, break-off for it called The Movies That Made Us, and it's kind of documentaries about how toys have become so successful, from Power Rangers to Transformers to uh, Action Man to G.I. Joe, all these different uh, action figures and how they were made, the stories, and some of these are worth tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's quite incredible how popular they are. But I remember seeing uh, the G.I. Joe, we would have called it Action Man. I remember as a young lad, I had one handed down to me. But do you remember in the 60s and 70s, they were about this tall. They weren't four inches tall. They were about a foot tall, the Action Man. And they moved everywhere and they were solid. I mean, i got to be honest, that part of me wonders if they were made of asbestos. These were strong action figures. You could throw them over the wall, they'd still be intact. And as I was watching this, this TV show, this phrase jumped out to me. And it was, they don't make them like they used to. And that's really the, the, the message that I want to leave with you today, is they don't make them like they used to. Over these past few months, we've had quite a, a strange situation as a family. My, my gran, who's in her 90s, granny is, is, is quite ill. She was in palliative care at hospital, and she's been released home. And she's been home for about six weeks. They told us they didn't think she would last at home for two days and yet, six weeks on, she's still with us. I've traveled up and down to Inverness, where she lives, three times recently, and had the most amazing time worshiping together, praying together. She's laid her hands on my head, blessed me so many times, because I thought, I'm never going to see Granny again. And if that phrase stood out to me, they don't make them like they used to. When you think of toys, when you think of uh, cars, when you think of houses, when you think of clothing, when you think of, of, of even the chairs that you're sat on, oftentimes when we reflect back on our lives, we think they don't make them like they used to. I think of the version of me that James met in, in June 2019, the version of me that existed pre-COVID, the version of me that existed as a husband, as a dad, as a preacher, and that phrase for me comes back to mind I think, God, I'm not the man I used to be. I'm not as kind as I used to be. I'm not as caring as I used to be. I'm not as faith-filled as I used to be. God, the version of me that exists today is not the version that existed then. Something's changed. When we think of the, the pandemic, those first few months, March, April, May 2020, there was a little bit, for some of us, a little bit of novelty, wasn't there? The weather was great, though if you remember, almost like this mini heat wave, we don't get it often in Scotland, this mini heat wave, and there was PE with Joe, I don't know if you remember that, and nine o'clock every morning, we got up with our kids, and we're like, PE with Joe, and everyone's sharing banana bread recipes, and sourdough bread recipes, and cupcake recipes, nine o'clock PE with Joe, ten o'clock, you're making your sourdough, and you're making your banana bread, 
12 o'clock, you've eaten a, a multi-pack of crisps and wondering what's going on with life. And I look back and I think, the version of me that existed then is not even the version of me that existed now because that seemed fun. I feel like I became jaded. I feel like I became worn out. I feel like I became exhausted. I feel like I became less generous. I feel like I became less faith-filled. I feel like I've been less interested in spending time in God's Word. And then I think of Gran. She's a generation that survived World War II. She's a generation that lost her father to World War I. The greatest generation. And look at my, I'm, I'm a millennial. Think of different generations. Greatest generations, baby boomers, Gen X, millennials. We would be called the snowflake generation. They, they, they give us the wrong size of latte. It's the end of the world. <laughs> you know, and I think, God, really? Is that my generation? Is that what we're going to be known for? You know, I, I read about Noah in the Bible. said that he was righteous in his generation. And I think, God, what are you looking on my generation and seeing? Your word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I've trusted in Facebook with all my heart. I've trusted in Boris Johnson, Nicholas Sturgeon, Name your politician with all my heart. I've trusted in the BBC with all my heart. I've trusted in masks. I've trusted in this. I've trusted in that. But God, have I really trusted in you? You're the God that has brought, brought nations, brought generations through incredible hardships. And yet I look for me personally and I think, God, have I, have I, really, have I really trusted you in these past few years? I, I, am I made like they used to be made? You know, during the pandemic, I don't know if you, you, you're, you're users of social media, but it seemed like everybody else had their lives in order. People were starting podcasts. People were writing, their, writing books. People were starting businesses. People were getting into fitness. All these little phrases were coming out. Discover who you are. Be the CEO of your own life. Uh, map out what you want your next 10 years to look like let go of negativity stop being around negative people upgrade your habits take baby steps towards your goals yet get out of your comfort zone raise your own self-esteem all these buzzwords were going everywhere I don't know if you've seen them online or heard people use this kind of language I got to be honest when I looked through the pandemic with two very young children I thought God if I just survive the day without screaming at my kids or losing it. It's been a good day. And then I read Psalm 78. Asaph, I referenced him. He's the author of Psalm 78. He was one of David's mighty men. Now we think of King David, one of the greatest kings in the Bible, great military strategist, worshiper, leader. He, he amassed incredible wealth. And Asaph was one of his mighty men. He was one of these these these. Uh, songwriters I think man they, they don't make them like that anymore and I look at us and we've spent all this time behind this slab of glass that we carry with us everywhere this is to keep me on time James said I had five hours so I'm doing pretty well we have spent so much time behind this slab of glass and away from people and away from contact we used this phrase didn't we we said we're in this together I think the only thing we were in together was our isolation and our loneliness we found perhaps we've drifted from who we were. We've drifted from our loved ones. We've drifted from those that we love and care for. 
We've had habits, we had things that, that perhaps rejuvenated us. We used to be people who would enjoy eating out. We used to be people who would go to the gym. We used to be people who loved our holidays. And we used to spend time with family and friends. We used to love being in church. We used to love being in God's house. We used to love worshipping together. We used to love praying together. But we realized during this pandemic, these last two years, these things just didn't work anymore. The patterns that we had, they just stopped working. And I look at Psalm 78, and and perhaps for us we've lost something. We have lost that, we have heard things, and oh, we will not hide them from our descendants. Perhaps we've hidden them from ourselves, these great things that God has done. Perhaps the voice that we have, the voice that, 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 that speaks faith, the voice that speaks to ourselves... Because with every word that I use, you're repeating about 11 words back to yourself right now. Now, By your voice, what I mean is this, the voice that we have to speak things out. I will utter things of old. I mean, your life. I mean, the way you work out your faith. The way you practice things. I wonder what your voice looks like now. I wonder if the, the, the measurement of encouragement that you used to speak out is different. I wonder if we know ourselves that I'm not made like I used to be. I've lost something this last 24, 25 months. I have lost part of who I am. We look around us and we see everybody else and we think they all have it together. We don't understand what's happened. Something has shifted. And we've focused, myself included, we've focused at the throne of Sturgeon, at the throne of Johnson. And I'll be honest with you, God bless them because I could not do what they have done. But my focus has been on the temporal. My focus has been on an elected a fallible person and it has not been on the king of kings on the lord of laws what is it the psalmist says he says i lift my eyes up unto the mountains where does my help come from it comes from you alone we perhaps have lost something perhaps we are not made like we were let me finish off psalm 78 for you we'll start at verse one again through to verse eight my people hear my teachings, listen to the words of my mouth. I will, utter, I will open my mouth with a parable that's a story. I will utter hidden things of old. And verse 1 where he says, hey, listen my, my friends. He says, listen to my teaching, my people. What that word people means is my tribe, my kin, those that I love, those that I care for. Listen, bend your ear, really lean in, observe witness what I do not just what I say because I'm not just going to talk about it but I'm going to live it out he goes on to say I'll open my mouth with a parable hidden things things of old things that that seem so lost and so far away verse 3 things that we have heard and that we have known when something's heard it means we've given attention to it verse 4 says we will not hide them from the descendants we will tell the next generation we will live it out Things that were shown and lived out. Perhaps things that we have lost. And these things seem simple, don't they? We, we know the song from Sunday school. Read your Bible. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day. It says in Isaiah, and a rule for this and a rule for that. And a little here and a little there. And a little here and a little there. Scientists have come up with this, this term in the last 20 years and they've called it this. They've called it incremental marginal gains or nominal marginal gains. And it's just taking a little bit every day. I would, t- I would say this. I wonder if reading your Bible in one moment perhaps won't change your life. 
perhaps. But I wonder if reading your Bible today and then tomorrow and then tomorrow's tomorrow and then tomorrow's tomorrow tomorrow, that pattern perhaps would lead to change in your life. Perhaps we believe that the Holy Spirit can and does move in power in a moment. We see it all through the book of Acts. But I wonder if those little habits every day make a difference. I wonder what it says in Romans chapter 12 is be devoted to one another in love. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. I wonder if we have lost something of that. Rather than blind faith throughout the Bible, Jesus models and patterns something for us to follow. Jesus healed bodies to show that the gospel restored. He multiplied bread to show us that those who feed and lean on him and feast in him will never grow weary. He walked on water to show that he reigns over the chaos. He raised the dead to show that he makes all things new. It says in Isaiah that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises a standard against them. I wonder for us what our standard has been this last 24 months. Verse 6. So the next generation would know, even the children yet to be born, that they would turn and tell their children then, then they would put their trust in God. For those of you who are theologians or scholars in the room, this psalm is what would be called a doxology. And that word doxology means a pattern. Now a pattern and a rhythm. I I would wonder if read your Bible, pray every day, read your Bible, pray every day is a pattern. I wonder if eat less, move more for your fitness is a pattern. I wonder if focusing on the right things, you know, you hear about mental health and mental well-being. Those are almost buzzwords right now. But I wonder if those phrases are really just derived from the Bible. I wonder if there is a pattern or a formula that we could follow in order to restore and make us back to the version of us that we want to be. I don't know about you, but I want to be known as a generous person. I want to be known as a faith-filled man. I want to be known as a faithful husband and as a good father. And how does that begin? It begins in the daily habits and the daily patterns that I decide to adopt. And you know, we know the Old Testament, don't we? We know Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And those five, uh, five books, the first five books of the Bible, what's known as the Pentateuch, it's really known as the Torah, which means the law, or actually law means instruction. And the book of Psalms, when we look at that, Psalms actually follows that. It's split into five parts. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. If you've ever tried to lead Leviticus, Leviticus is all about instruction and how to worship. Psalm 78 almost falls right in the middle of the book of Psalms. It falls in Leviticus. It falls of instruction. So if this is a doxology, if this is a pattern, the Bible is mirroring this pattern and saying, follow this. I will open my mouth with a parable. Things that we have heard and known, we will not hide them from the next generation so that the next generation would know them, even children yet to be born. Then they would put their trust in God. That phrase, aggregated, nominal, marginal gains. And between 1908 and 2008, the Olympic cycling team from Great Britain won one gold medal. You couldn't imagine that now in a hundred years. But from 2008 to 2017, they won 178 world championships and 66 gold medals in 10 years. Why? Aggregated nominal marginal gains. The 0.1, the 1% tweaks there. 
What did they do? They started changing the oil that they put on the, the wheels. The, the cars and the vans that transported the, the, the bicycles, they started painting them with luminescent white paint so that they could see every single speck of dust on that bike and brush it off because the dust would cause friction problems when the bikes hit the track. These little gains, these little decisions, these decisions to smile, these decisions to be encouraging, you perhaps are already setting a pattern, an example for others to follow. You're perhaps sponsoring one of these kids through compassion. You perhaps practice hospitality. You perhaps give to the local food bank. You perhaps are an encouraging person. You perhaps uh, say thank you and please. You perhaps encourage your minister. You perhaps, you perhaps. But you're perhaps wondering, I'm not like I used to be. Perhaps I used to be that person. You know, in the book of Acts, there are 40 miracles that take place. But 39 of those 40 miracles took place outside of the temple, not inside of it. I think this is the easiest place in the world to be a Christian. The hardest place is 9 o'clock Monday morning when you're in the workplace. It's 7 o'clock Tuesday evening when your kids freak out and they decide they don't want to go to bed. It's 10 o'clock in the morning where the, the, on the Thursday where there's another broadcast and fear overwhelms your heart. Very legitimate fears. But to encourage you, you're a difference maker. It says in verse 8 that they would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generations, generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirit were not, was not, spirits were not faithful to him. You're a difference maker. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 12 that we have been blessed. You have been blessed to be a blessing. I wonder if they still make them like they used to. You're still made like you were. You still have that same warmth and generosity of spirit. It says in, in, in Job, I think Job, the book of Job, has become a, a real favorite of mine through the pandemic. I never really appreciated it before. Job says this, The churning inside of me never stops. My days of suffering confront me. I wonder if we could go back two years ago and tell ourselves what it was going to be like. I wonder if we were aware of how tough these two years were going to be. I wonder what it would look like if we decided that actually we're going to focus on God's word. We're going to focus on worship. We're going to focus on prayer. We're going to repeat it. We're going to focus on worship. We're going to focus on word. We're going to focus on prayer. I'm going to repeat that. And we just repeat that. And we repeat that. It says in Isaiah that strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. That we will soar on wings like eagles. Even the young grow weary. We know that these have been very challenging times. We know that, that giving financially is, is a big ask. I know that. But we as a family, we have decided that we will go to church every week. That is hard. We have a, as a family, we have decided that we will pray with our kids every night. That is hard. But now we're starting to see dividends with our, our, our eldest. She's only four, but man, the things she says... We're going to pray. Daddy, can we pray for that? I'm like, 100%, let's do it. We just pray in the car there and then. Because I'm, I, don't want my gener- I don't want her generation to be as fear-filled as mine. I don't want her generation to have the hang-ups that I had. You might feel that you were not made like you were. But I wonder if you're still made like you were. And actually, it's just refocusing and bringing it in. I'm going to give you the chance today at the end of the service. This is Samuel. He is one. And I would wonder if, if something that you could do is sponsor a child like Samuel. I think I've got about a dozen or so children with me. 
He is one, he's from Ethiopia, he's come through a child survival program, his mother would have been at risk perhaps during a pregnancy, but he's one, he's healthy, he's looking for a sponsor today for £28 a month, you could change his world and be his only sponsor and engage in that, but perhaps I wonder if for you it's something very different, I wonder if for you it's learning to be hospitable once again, it's learning to trust God again, it's learning to trust yourself again. You know, our, our enemy deals in distraction, doesn't he? Like Paul writes that for we are not unaware of the enemy's tactics. I don't know if you know this, but the Bible says that his native language is lies and deception. Ever heard of a thing called fake news? I wonder if that is where the enemy just loves to live. Confusion. There is no absolute wrong and, wrong and right. It's not binary. It's not yes and no. It's not good and bad. I wonder if he loves to live in that confusion just to cause and breed it. But actually God has made the mandates and the promises and his best plan for our lives so clear. It's trust in the Lord with all his heart, all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. I want to share with you just for a moment. We get that video clip ready, is that okay? I'd love to share with you a video clip of sponsors on the other end of the journey. And what it looks like for someone that faithfully, month in, month out, giving here, giving there, praying here, praying there, writing letters there, this is the fruit of your labor. Why don't you watch the screens just for... for you know when you're young and you read about God's promises upon your life, perhaps throughout your life, because I know that it's been in mine, someone has prayed for you and said, I really feel that God for you. I really feel this verse of scripture is for you. You ever heard that before? Someone's encouraged you through God's word or through an encouraging thought or prayer. I want you to know today that God has not changed his mind. He has not given up on you. Those promises that he spoke perhaps six months ago, perhaps six years ago, perhaps 16 years ago, those promises are as true today as they were then. Hear it from, from perhaps someone on, on a younger end of the generational scale. My generation are, we're not even the popcorn generation. We don't have two minutes to put it in the microwave. We, we just want it off the shelf there and then. God works in generations. God works in decades. There is still greatness within you. You are still made like you were. Those promises are still the same. And today I want to give you the chance. Can we put that final slide back up or you want me to click through them? Happy to do that. I love at the end of the service today, if you would consider bringing a child. Oh, thank you, Edna. Fantastic, don't need that. Uh, come and speak to me. £28 a month perhaps is a stretch for you. We, we as a family, we've committed to sponsor three children. We sponsor uh, Abby uh, and Hymenot. They're both in Ethiopia. We met, was it on that trip? We met them. and met both of them on that trip. And we sponsor a young girl called Grace in uh, just north of Mombasa in Kenya. I've never met her, but my daughter's called Grace. That's why we sponsor her. And I believe one day that we will meet her. But you are made like you used to be. You still have greatness within you. This has been a challenging few years. It really has been. But the best, I believe, is still to come in Christ. Would you mind if I prayed with you? Lord, I thank you for these people. Lord, I thank you for the hospitality I've received today. Thank you for the welcome. And the book of Acts, <coughs> chapter 27, chapter 28, Paul shipwrecked on the island of Malta. And it says that the locals met him with unusual kindness. Lord, I believe today I've been met with unusual kindness. 
But Lord, I wonder if there's levels of unusual kindness that we need to show. Perhaps it's to sponsor a child, which would be incredible. Perhaps it's just to be more hospitable again. Perhaps it's to show unusual kindness to ourselves. Say, okay, it's been a tough few years, but God, I've got to get back into reading my word every day. I've got to get back into your presence. I've got to get back into prayer. Perhaps you're watching online and perhaps you've just got to get back into church. I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know your circumstances and it's not for me to judge. Lord, I just pray today. I pray that we do not leave this place the same. We make choices that align with the promises that you've laid on our hearts and that we will not hide the greatness of God from the next generation. In your name we pray. Amen.